It's said that change is the only constant, but South Dakota's stuck, continually revisiting concerns that, well, really aren't that concerning to most in our state, while real needs remain unmet. Our smartest and brightest are leaving for greener pastures. Well, let's change that. Welcome to Change Agents and the Power of We. Hello and welcome to the first edition of The Power of We. The Power of We is put together by a group called Change Agents of South Dakota. Uh, I'm Rick Noby. I'm acting as host of the program for today. We have three guests with us today. Uh, they are all active members of Change Agents of South Dakota. And uh, we're going to start off to my left as I'm sitting across the table from these three individuals. James Jacobson uh, is one of the original original members of this group. I think you were number five or six in the, in, in, in the queue. James, nice to have you with us. What, here, Rick. what drew you to become a change agent? Well, I know that uh, when we first started um, having this conversation at uh, Caribou Coffee, uh, it was uh, in regards to the just the polarization of South Dakota politics. I'm a native Sioux Fallsian. Uh, I was around when you were mayor uh, back in the early 70s and have followed politics uh, ever since and have been actively involved uh, in campaigns uh, and just have always appreciated the fact that Sioux Falls and South Dakota in general, although it had always been Republican dominated, it had been common sense, Republican, moderate, conservative values. And we have just gotten so extreme that there's got to be something done to make some changes in this state to get back on track. Next up is a uh, a name that will and a voice that will be familiar to many of you, Casey Marshall, uh, who served in the South Dakota legislature and was also served on the Sioux Falls City Council. Casey, nice to see you. It's nice to see you too, Rick. So, what drew you into change agents? I um I have had some concerns for some time, and especially while I was in the legislature and after. I started, as you said, in city council, and that's nonpartisan. And um, it was also the first city council with the new form of government. There was just this real effort to look at what were the needs, and process was really important. Hearing from everyone, getting how will this affect everyone? You know, not special needs, not pet projects, and certainly there wasn't any influence from outside of Sioux Falls for Sioux Falls business. And so I was spoiled. I'm a big fan of collective wisdom. People can laugh at that, but I think it's the real deal. I think the more voices you get, the more diverse those voices are from from the different areas of a community, the different people, the different, anyway, diverse. And when I got to the legislature, at that point, there's sort of, I mean, certainly it was way more partisan. So there were, there were people who just wouldn't listen. Oh, this is a bill from a Democrat? Well, no, then it couldn't be any good. That's just, anyway, it really wasn't as bad as it is now. But it did raise my eyebrow. What is this? And when, when the decisions were made, were they really making them for the well-being of all South Dakotans, like we're supposed to in the legislature? Or was this for a little niche um, in recent years? And that was a long time ago that I was there. 
but in recent years it has gotten more and more, as James said, divisive, tribal, but also these special interests that seem to run the show. And these aren't issues that are critical in South Dakota. We're losing sight of the things that we really need to get done. So I was looking for an opportunity to join with others to look at ways that we might be able to change this and get away from the extremes and find a place where people can really talk, can really deliberate the problems and find solutions as opposed to just shout at one another. As a side note, since you served on that first Sioux Falls City Council, one of the interesting things about that first election, there were eight council members elected, five districts, three at large, they ended up for the first time in Sioux Falls history, four women and four men on the city council and even split. That surprised everybody. And it turned out to be a surprise, a pleasant surprise, in my opinion, because there was a diverse amount of input and perspective from the male, female. And I know it's nonpartisan, but everybody's got a little partisanship in them. But uh, that first city council, I thought, did an amazing job starting from scratch with a brand new city charter. Do you know it was also um, diverse in terms of age? I mean, uh, it was great. 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, I think Dan was. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Uh, next up is a gentleman by the name of Craig Brown. Uh, he is not an elected official, but he is involved in uh, politics in District 10, uh, which is kind of south of downtown and east of downtown Sioux Falls. Uh, Craig Brown is a local businessman, and you can you can do a shameless plug of your business if you want to, Craig, in this environment. That's okay. Nice to have you with us. Yeah, good to be here, Rick. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it. It's hard to believe that it's been over a year since we first started having these meetings over coffee, which didn't have any form and didn't have any name at the time. It was just, it, you know, it, it truly was the FOR, the Friends of Rick group. <laughs> and, and, and it continued that way for really quite a while. And it was the urgency of the November 22 elections that 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 led us to to attempt to formalize this group but it started out as just the same exercise that people all over South Dakota do every day they get together over coffee and they complain and and ask rhetorical questions of what in the hell are these people doing and and this sort of a thing and of course so there was a lot of that, and it was very irregular. You know, we're meeting w almost weekly now, but at the beginning, it was just wait for an email invitation from Rick. Um, and your listeners don't know how technology challenged you are. That's why. <laughs> that's why I, I underline email. But but um, you know, we just waited for an invitation from you on email that hey, we're going to get together time and place. And this sort of thing. So it's 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 nice to get it a little bit more formalized. And as you know well, we're still we're still trying to figure out the path. It it and it is an interesting journey, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, most definitely. Yeah, this for the record, we started off. Uh, there were three of us 
that got together the first time, and then there were four, and then there were six, then there were eight, and then we had to leave that coffee shop because we got too big. And uh, there are now, I think, 33 people uh, that have signed up and are participating at some level or another. Yeah, support your local library. So we have a home. Yeah, we have a home. Yeah, Yeah. as as long as libraries are still allowed in South Dakota. (laughs) And there are books on the shelves. Books, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another whole issue. So... um, one of the the things that we've spent some time and everybody talks about the legislative session. And, of course, Casey, you were there. So you you have firsthand experience. Uh, James and I and, and uh, Craig uh, uh, get together and, and uh, what the heck are those people doing? So let's just try this on for size. Just for the sake of this discussion, you are now all members of the legislature, including me. And you can introduce one bill that will have an impact on the citizens of South Dakota. One bill only. What bill do you want to introduce? Oh, I knew. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I did that on purpose. I didn't tell you about this in advance. <laughs> have you got some thoughts? Okay, so I have one. Um, I, I think, oh, I think um, something to do with uh, assisting child care. Um, South Dakota con- is rightfully concerned about um, a small workforce and the problems that we have in other t- to be able to grow business and so forth. Well, what we found through the pandemic was one of the major ways that women are not able to be as active and involved in the workforce as they are trained, educated, and would like to be is this um, absence of quality daycare. And um, the lists are so long, people can't get in. And uh, one of the solutions this year that, if I recall, there was an effort to maybe um, water down some of the rules for registered daycare. I I don't think that's the answer. I think that we're going to need to have ways of funding um, or include business or uh, creative kinds of ways to do it, but somehow make a dent in this absence of quality daycare in South Dakota. Okay, good one. Thank you very much. Mr. Brown, do you have one that you uh, have thought of? Well, certainly the issue that, that Casey just mentioned is very near and dear to my heart and Family members have, have certainly shared their horror stories about the challenges of childcare in South Dakota. I think I would probably, I tend to focus more on kind of root cause analysis. And I'm a huge fan of our election processes. Um, you know, I was raised to deeply believe in one man, one vote. Um, and now, of course, one woman and one vote and er- everything in between. The the I want to see more people involved in our electoral process, which means making it easy for people to vote. And that means some kind of motor voter registration, uh, automatic voter registration when you become a citizen, um, whatever the case may be, something to help people recognize that with the rights of citizenship, with the rights of driving a motor vehicle, with the rights of a gun permit, whatever the case might be, 
you are registered to vote. And then perhaps then we can capture thousands of more people around the magic of the voter process and get it away from the legislature. Good one. Okay. James, you're next. Well, I thought Craig was going to take mine, but uh, I'm glad that uh, that's also a very good, um, uh, I think, option for getting more people at least the opportunity to vote. But I think one of the key pieces that we need to look at, and I know that there's already a petition that is is going forward, but I'd certainly introduce it in the legislature, is nonpartisan um, uh, voting for a, a general primary so that you can have independents, uh, Republicans, and Democrats all voting uh, in a primary election and the top um, uh, two or four, um, uh, two or four go into the general election. I would say two because one of the other parts of that bill would be to split uh, the House seats so that you are running one-on-one with your opponent rather than having this uh, free-for-all where you've got uh, four people uh, running for two seats. Um, Sometimes, sometimes you have three running for two seats that are partisan and it just creates opportunities for uh, individuals who are extremely partisan uh, and on the extremes uh, to be able to get elected into office. And by having a a nonpartisan primary election uh, it'll allow for a, a better opportunity for independent thinkers, centrists, to be able to be elected to the legislature. Open primaries. Open primaries. And then also part of that discussion next up after that will be ranked choice voting, which is another topic for another day. Um, my bill would be to uh, allow every city in the South state of South Dakota to become a home rule charter, a charter city. Uh, Currently, cities can only do things that the legislature allows them to do. When you're a charter city, as Casey learned from her experience, uh, the way the charter works, you can do anything that's included within the charter, which is approved by the voters. And uh, you don't need permission from the legislature to do things like zoning, planning. You know, there's a host of things uh, that that are involved in that. And right now, uh, the legislature has a pretty firm thumb on local government, whether it's counties or cities uh, or and even school boards. And so I would my bill would we would make all local units of government as free from the legislative thumb as absolutely possible. So there's my 23 cents worth in the conversation. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> the legislature well, seems to like it just the way it is. Yeah, they they certainly do. It, it's uh, there's there's no question that it's about control yeah. as opposed to is what Casey articulated, uh, you know, working for the benefit of all of the people of the state. Well, this was a good first start, I think, in this dialogue. Uh, We're going to do this uh, every three weeks or so. Uh, We will have different guests come in talking about different topics. Uh, Craig, I want to thank you. Casey, thank you. And James, thank you for our first edition of The Power of We. I'm Rick Novi. We'll be back.